You know where I get the most out of doing podcasts? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Spotify for podcasters is the way I do it and how I produce my podcasts everywhere I do. Of course, if you get if you don't know Spotify for podcasters, you get the creative tools you know from Anchor. You know, the create, edit, record your shows. Hey, you get to do it for free. And they will continue to distribute your podcast for free and they'll do that. Hey, you can all, yeah, this podcast machine all in one good place. You can produce this podcast. So, don't be the other, don't be the other guys. Move this man! And stick to what you know. Spotify for Podcasters really helps for me. Download the app or go to podcasters.spotify.com to get started. Hey, Spotify for Podcasters works for me. Just ask anybody. So stop watching, bro. You know what? This is the fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? You know someone tells you who they are believable. Well, I know you're a dumb fucking retard, Jalen, bro, so I will believe you because you continue to say it time and time again. He is trying to insinuate trying to call Phil Jackson racist on uh, what he's saying right there. This is a central. Well, Phil Jackson says shit by a lot of people because guess what? Black Lives Matter is a scam organization. Black Lives Matter is incredibly divisive. And a lot of people involved in that organization despise white people. So yeah, they didn't some people away to see the NBA prop that up. They didn't drive the, they didn't drive fans away from the NBA when you celebrate a criminal like Jacob Blake who was rightfully shot. Did you keep telling people to walk away because they don't agree with your political point of view or your propaganda for the agenda you want to push? Not a surprise when people do walk away from the NBA. Uh, a little louder, fellas, so we can hear him, so we can hear you. Broadcasting from the Long Island Top Studios, right here in the heart of Long Island, New York. This is the On Tour Sports Podcast. This is May 1st, 2023. Glad you're listening. Man, if you haven't believed that the Islanders in that six-game loss, six-game in games, and the game six loss that eliminated them. Um, we're not talking about that. That, 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 that. I'm, gonna, I'm tired of them. I'm tired of it right now. My thoughts. When before the show is over, I'll get to before the show is over. But I'm going to talk about. Well, there's going to be a lot of talk, money to talk about, including well, the NFL draft this weekend. Um, the Knicks embarrassing loss to Miami, seven point a seven point loss to an eight seeded team. Are you kidding me? And then we're going to talk about the Bruins, the Bruins of all people, choking all the choking in it, choking. Choking, and now they had the best regular season, and now they couldn't get it done in the playoffs. The President's Trophy curse is real, folks. First, let's get to the NFL draft. I'll say this: as a Giants fan, I'm like, yeah, we finally, we finally have a team. We finally have a, a Giants fan. I got, I'm gonna be, I'm loving. What we got in the first, in like in the in the first few rounds, not a, not not every one of them is a bad pick. Not according to the uh, draft grades from CBS Sports, they aren't picks. They aren't picks. Some bad, they aren't even bad picks or on one uh, it's, But hey, we need to fill a need. We filled a need. We filled 
plenty of needs. Got some playmakers. Got some offensive playmakers. There's Addison definitely Addison definitely on defense. Not not bad. Hey, hey, Jets on the uh, Jets on the New York Jets on the other hand. I mean, oh, the best you could do are Israel. I mean, I Abanaconda, Zach Kuntz, Zach Kuntz, Zach Kuntz, I mean that, uh, Jet, but our Converse, um, Carter Warren, your worst pick about C minus is Zaire Barnes. And I know there are a lot of people upstate listening to us, Buffalo Bills. But Bills, how did they do? Well, they did fill, they filled some spots. Dalton Kincaid, okay, mm. Dalton Kincaid, Cyrus Terrence, Dorian Williams, best three first first three rounds, rounds of one month, three rounds, and uh, not all, not all of them are bad, but not good either. You guys are some of these some of these guy writers, some of these writers are just like, Phew. would you hate it? Would you hate? Would you hate them? Would you hate them? This is where, and this is where I get really frustrated with these, with this. It's called the idiot, the idiot sport, idiot sports talkers. I and of course there's a great milestone three uh, black quarterbacks taken in the first round. Um, Bryce Young, um, C.J. Stroud, it's Anthony Richardson. All good, all good, all good, all, 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 all are great picks. First three, and the first three, and the first three, and the first, let's say, say it, QB is the first, in the first three, Anthony Rice Young going to Carolina. He replaced it, he started going to be in a quarterback situation where you had to put up with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, two of the biggest busts in the 2018 NFL draft. Um, God help me! God help me! You put up with C.J. Strauss going to tech, going to Houston. He's going to be playing for Demeco Ryan's. I mean, hey, he's going to be Newton. We want they're probably tired of Davis Mills already, so they want something fresh. Mm, fresh. And Anthony Richardson, man, he's going. He'll be going. He'll be going to. Um, going to Indiana, going to Indianapolis. Last time they had a quarterback in the stand, that standing, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. After Andrew Luck retired, you guys had to put up with Philip Rivers, and after Philip Rivers left, you put up with Carson Wentz, and then you had to put up, with, put up with Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger. Oh my God, it's like the merry-go-round of quarterbacks, and yet you guys, and yet everything fa everything falls flat on your face. I can't say much. There's a lot of good picks in the second round, including Will Levis and, and Herndon Hooker, Jake Hanner, Stetson Bennett, a former um, national champion, uh, Aiden O'Connell, Oca Clayton Toon, Dorian Thompson, Sean Clifford, Shaden Hall, Dan McKee, and Max Duggan. Uh, they, uh, they actually gave a C for Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good, but it's a pretty damn good pick. But it's a pretty damn good pick. You could probably be a backup somewhere down the line. But let's get to why I'm really frustrated with. It's the 
sports talkers that embarrass me. And it's the black and white. It's called and it's called black and white sports. They're, these guys anti anti LG, LGBTQ um anti anti black anti black wait and of course and they, and these guys are I don't know pretty much ass clowns in their own right. I mean let's face it. Of course I was at, around my throat is like rough right now but these guys are like <sighs> and this vid um really really hits the worst and I can't imagine what it's gonna feel like oh he went Rose Rance is going after everybody he went after um, what he calls the woke sports media they take that takes this hits the headline Woke sports media takes loss after three black quarterbacks taken in the first round. And there's, he also talking about Roger Goodell's Exodus. The comedy ad, the comedy ad, and the comedy ad will have a second round. We'll have a second round. Doesn't matter. And their shirt, and their shirts are fucking, and their shirts are fucking garbage. But when I see the when I see the uh, comical tweets by these two, comical tweets by these guys, I'm not paying them a single cent because of the racism. They're they're buying they have bought racism into sports talk, but not everybody is buying into the bull sh- buying into the bullshit. As it as this as this as this pertains to us, go to the of the um, Black and White Sports YouTube channel. Here's the here's the 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 Bishop of Bullshit, um, Rose Rance, with this outrageous claim. We're not gonna go any further. So here it is. I am back, Rodrance, for Black and White Sports. Well, I got a couple of stories to share with you guys this morning. One of them, well, actually both of them, you're probably going to enjoy a great deal, but especially when we get over to Roger Goodell, you will probably crack a smile. Who knows what's really going to happen there? Uh, But it seems like maybe his time is in jeopardy as the NFL Commissioner, as always, like, comment, subscribe, go over, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. All the audio from all of our videos is available wherever. Whoa, J.R. Ewing just hit my laptop. I'm not going to restart the video. Uh, Real and very quickly, make sure, I wanted to let you know this, Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Central Time is the political... Political, their political podcast, which is their um, Monday to Thursday. Me, I don't talk about it, but they actually thought his thought. I saw it, by the way. I have a thought. I have a thought, too. Plenty of it. I got a couple. I got two of them. What's up? Nice little, nice little puppy right here upstairs. And my nice, and my cousins, and I'm, I'm sure my cousin's dog up there. Not allowed here in our studio. Not allowed here in our studio, but uh, it's pretty much saying, pretty much says it. 
I've been doing. We've done sports. Radio, I've done sports radio with. I've done sports radio without anybody involved, getting involved. Like the next thing you know, I had one. There was this one time when my spot, my sponsor, guys, inter- interrupt and hey, I just said, "Oh my, oh my!" Producer just walked in the door right now. I just wanted to see how things are shaping up. Something like that. Something like that comes out of the woodwork, folks. I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna restart. I'm not gonna restart this show. I'm not gonna restart this. I mean, I've done a lot of things that pop up. But let's get to the um, material, shall we? I mean, I don't really want to this. So hey, let's get back to the bishop of bullshit, shall we? Because I'm starting to get a little sleepy here. So, wow, we already know that uh, the racism narrative is on life support, and we know the wokes, they try their best to manufacture as much racism as possible when it gets in short supply. Now, one of the lies that we've had to listen to all these years is how black quarterbacks are, of course, they're absolutely being devalued. Because people believe that somehow, some way, NFL teams won't draft a black quarterback? Question mark. Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson got a $230 million fully guaranteed contract while under under fire for 30 civil lawsuits involving Hensy massages. But yet, the NFL is racist? Again, question mark. So, and, and a lot of people, I did a video on this on Black and White Sports too, regarding the fact that people were taking a victory lap online because Will Levis dropped out of the first round. I'm not sure how anybody takes comfort in something like that, but they do. I didn't. Nobody, nobody, nobody said anything bad about Levis. I thought, yeah. Will Levis, I thought Will Levis was going to be the fit in the first round. I thought he was going to go to Indianapolis or trade uh, or trade it up somewhere. But um, I don't know. Do I blame? Uh, do I blame the uh, GMs for making this decision? And of course, it's starting to get that feeling. Back then, nobody. Back then, there was like this this whole damn controversy about black quarterbacks not being as good or as advertised, like being devalued. It kind of stretches with Warren Moon. It starts with Warren Moon. I mean, Warren Moon was really a good quarterback in Washington. Um, and I feel wanted him to be a running back. Wanted that draft that draft. Good old American. Good old American. What? 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 Good American quarterback. If it had to be white. But of course, Warren Moon went to the CFL. He played for played for the Edmonton Elks, which they are now known as. And got him a couple of great cups over there before joining the Houston Houston Oilers. And he broke the stereotype of the black quarterbacks. That him and him and Doug Williams. Um and of course kinda broke the stereotype of that sport. I mean Doug Williams was the first quarterback the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That was when it was with the Washington Redskins. Like of course I say this. Oh, and they're now known as the Washington Commanders now. Back then they were the Redskins. And now, um and of course we saw and of course we saw a first black and a couple of 
black players and later coaches in the form of Art Shell, uh, Art, Sh- Art Shell, um, Tony Dungy, Dennis Green, um, later on uh, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, um, Tomlin, Todd Bowles. Good choice. They were good players, but why is why is this um, ass clown bringing up race? I mean, I didn't say Will Levis was good. Nobody, I guess, they probably didn't want, probably didn't want the player from a small, like, a mediocre school, a mediocre school like like Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky had a, known for its basketball team. Its football team, eh. I would say about the same about Duke University with, um, about Daniel Jones, but he's done a pretty decent job last year. That's how he got his, that's how he got his money. And, of course... He makes a but and of course this bozo here tries to make it about race. Well, something happened on Thursday night. How about the demise? How about the nail in the coffin to the false bullshit narrative of the NFL being racist towards black quarterbacks because you see, three black quarterbacks got drafted in the first round, including the number one overall pick, and also Anthony Richardson, just just to keep it real, got overdrafted, but still, still somehow was drafted number four overall. Wow. A guy that played 13 games and had a 53% completion percentage got drafted. Guess what? He's black. That's right. That narrative has been completely laid to rest. It's in the dust. But somehow, some way, I'm sure the media will bring it back from the dead like Jason Voorhees. This is Breitbart, and then we've got Roger Goodell. Over the years, we've been told our by our virtue-signaling elites in the mainstream sports media that the NFL has a racial bias against black quarterbacks. How many black quarterbacks are in the league again? Just wondering... Uh, a lot, by the way. Well, that narrative had a very tough day on Thursday, mere hours before Commissioner Roger Goodell initiated the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. NFL Media's Ian Rappaport reported that the Baltimore Ravens had made their MVP quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who is black, the highest-paid player in the NFL. That alone would have been a devastating blow to the narrative that the NFL hates black quarterbacks, but it gets worse, worse for the liberal sports media. Better for us. You're right, Breitbart, better for us. I mean, for dude that's quoting Breitbart, dude, you're, Breitbart's known as a bigoted rag. We're just going to pull the plug in there. I mean, yeah, you're you're bad. This bad. This is going to get bad. Briscoe did it. And I'll say about this, Briscoe did a great, did some, did great research. And when it comes right down to the first round, man. In pre Briscoe's little Briscoe's reviews, he he gave the um, Panthers a B minus. But hey, they filled the need. They the Panthers needed a quarterback. They had to put up with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold for the past few seasons. Here's what Briscoe said. He is the best pure, pure passer in the draft, but I am worried about his size. It's a strange move to move up to take a guy this ball by giving up so much to do it. 
But he has talent. If he holds up, he if he's an outlier we've never seen. Pete, bro, that's what Pete Prisco said, man. But but thing, he filled and you know again they need they need a they need a quarterback. They put up with two busts in the in the 2018 NFL draft, and they yeah. Boy is boy is Pete boy is Pete really Pete really likes so clean those clean cut guys huh? but Pete is not that guy but Pete's not that guy he's um not very completely honest and without without all the bullshit spewing and of course you talk about C.J. Stroud from the Ohio from the Ohio State University he said they had to take the shot at the quarterback. So it's a smart thing to do. I would have taken Will Levis, but I get it. Stroud has the ability to become a starting good starting quarterback. And of course, he was talking about how Levis could have been number two over there in Houston, but the Michael Ryans wanted a guy that got somewhat a, a Heisman candidate, by the way, to be a starting QB. And of course, CJ Stroud had a tremendous season last year. He had a tremendous season last year. Can't blame him. Can't really blame him. And then, it, and then there, and then of course you had Anthony Richardson from the University of Florida. Of course, Pete says, "Well, this should have been Will Levis." And I, I like Richardson, but the, but he, he will take his time. His ceiling is amazing, but the Colts need to be patient with him. This is a boom or bust pick. Well, he's got. Cam Newton, like compared to Cam Newton, but he had done a good job. But here's a good, here's a good thing for me. I mean, let's face it. There are several Hall of Fame, several player winners of the Iceman Trophy were inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. I mean, let's face it. When you look back at it, you had the, you had the, you had the Dope Walker, you had Dope Walker and Paul Ornick. You had um, Roger. You a tremendous Ornick was it a Ornick won a um, was the first overall pick and later went on to the Hall of Fame. Um, Roger Staubach was a is a Hall of Famer. He won in '63. OJ won it in um, '68. He's in a Hall of Fame. I know I bought um, great and of course he. Um, he was the, of course, I knew, I grew as we never, nobody ever heard of the stories of, of O.J. Simpson, except for that. I mean, Simpson was, like, of course, caught with so much, yeah, meanwhile, Tony Dorsett, Earl Campbell was the first overall pick in 1997, for Archie Griffin, back-to-back, 74-75, Marcus Allen, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. One and it went on to become a Hall of Fame. Went on to become a great winning bat for both the then Los Angeles Raiders and the um, and of course the um, you guessed it, the Kansas City Chiefs. Urshel Walker, former former running back, former running back, joining me running back, Heisman winner, and became became a Republican gubernatorial Republican senatorial, senatorial candidate, but failed miserably. Failed miserably. Both Jack and of course Tim Brown, Barry Sanders, all in the hall. Charles Woodson in the hall. You want it as a corner first as a quarterback. That's a, what's a good thing. But we also had good but right now there's plenty of that. We'll see Bryce Young, we'll see Bryce Young and Devontae Smith. 
and Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, all in the field this season. Lamar Jackson was an Eisman Trophy winner. He'll be a he'll be a he'll be a star. He's got me getting back. Caleb Williams. This year's bet. This year's bet, man. He will be. He will not be. He will not be. In the NFL, he wasn't in the NFL draft this year. But if he was in there next year, and if he wins another Eisman Trophy, hey, it's gonna be an incredible, incredible time for sports. I mean, I will be blunt. I will be blunt. And I can't. And I can't. And I can't wait to see what Link. And I can't wait to see what Lincoln Wiley. He's going to do with that um, awesome offense for um, USC, next se- USC next season. But at the end of the day, you have um, good, these are good picks. The Jets made a good picks. We get, of course, Prisco's um, picks overall. For I mean, I mean, come on. Let's talk. Bill. First off, let's talk Bills. He liked he liked uh, Osiris Torrance because he had first round tyrant talent. Heck of a pick. Because he's a nasty final player who will amp up a run game that badly needs it. I mean, of course, the Vicks worse. With Tremaine Edmonds gone, I think we should, free agents say there were better options than Dorian Williams. The third round pick. He has speed, so that has to be why they loved about the, lo- they, what they loved about him. And, and, okay. Of course, they took Dayton, Dalton T- King K, tight end, their tight end, in the first, which will help the pass the game, help um, Josh Allen a lot out over there. Because he's a move tight end who will make things easier in the middle of the field. He's not a great blocker. Torrance will be, be a brute if his knees holds up. Of course, and of course, and of course we found receiver just as shorter is a taller receiver who can run. Yeah, that's one, that's one good thing. But what about our New York football teams? Well, I will be blunt. I will be, I will be blunt. I will be blunt if he was, if he was, he gave us a, he gave our giant, my beloved New York Giants, a B minus. We best bet third round receiver Jalen Hyatt will give him a speed threat on the outside if he learns the entire route tree early. He will give them a home run threat, no doubt about it. But he called the worst pick. I differed from a lot of evaluators, but I didn't like second round center John Michael Schmitz as much as some. I know he feels the need, but there were better options. Better options than what, dude? I mean. We're, the goal was to build an old offensive line, which was um diminished over the years. It was ignored under Gettleman for years. With the exception of getting Andrew Thomas in the first round. Um we also got Evan Neal. We also last year Showen did get us a good set us some good studs in Kayvon Thibodeau and and Evan Neal with those Chicago Bears picks, so hey. We're still making Edway on the offensive line rebuild. And of course and of course uh, and of course, and here's a look. Here's what's this game. He's a first-round corner. Deontay Banks fills a major need, and he has the tools to be an outstanding man, outstanding man cover player. He fills a need because you guessed it. Jordan Love is gone. He went to Seattle. That fills a big need on defense. He plays on Wil- on Wilkinson's on 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 Wink Martindale's style defense. I will be helped to pass the game, but I didn't love their draft as much as others. Fifth round, what about Eric Reyes' talent? They did fill some important spots. I mean, you didn't have to love it because of that. And the Jets, he gave them a B, of course. He gave them his best pick, Jarek Bernard Converse. Their sixth round pick is a talented player with a lot of stars. He's a bigger corner who can play safety. He loved that pick. And, of course, 
He didn't love, Pete didn't love for their pick, Will McDonald. I, he knows he was miscast in some in Iowa State's defense, but he th thinks he went too high. This spot, it has to be a dynamic edge player. This is when Bob Sala mm, plays a heavy role in defense. He's got a... Well, they got Aaron Rodgers. They already got Aaron Rodgers. Of course, they already got Aaron Rodgers in that trade. That was the trade. They traded, and of course, the... Of course, the... Um, you guess it, the backers traded up. And the Packers traded, and the Jets traded up. So let's, uh, they took a defensive lineman, an offensive lineman with their first two picks, which is always a good strategy. Joe Tipman, the second-round center, center guard, is a good player who can push for time as a rookie as they upgrade their line. And he liked the down-line down guys, Warren, Bernard Converse, tackle Car Carter Warren, running back Israel Abanikanda. The best news they had, Aaron Rodgers is in the fold. They have the quarterback. Zach Wilson will be on the bench. But you know who won that draft? Freaking Philly. Fucking Philly. First round pick to Jalen Carter. Off-field issues aside, best player in the draft. Howie Roseman wins once again because he's a great GM. He's a good GM building good pieces. Won't say much about everybody else, but everybody like. But you know who was the worst NF? What was like the worst pick? If you want if you ask me, my worst pick would have been uh for if it was a kick if there was a kicker. I won't. I won't say my. I won't say my. I won't say much, but yeah, well. Um, if you ask me, they were probably, like, uh, middle of the pack rounds, something like that. They, um, the, uh, Chad Ryland of the, um, New England Patriots. It's fourth round pick. Chris Rapasso said, accurate kicker, but doesn't have a big leg. I got kickers could be drafted, but trading up for a kicker in the fourth round? F. Where's the draft? Bottom line. Well, I can't really go much on the, uh, draft as much, but hey. Steady it says, steady goes. Hey, we'll be right back right after this. This is the Home Turf Sports Podcast, Home Turf Radio Network. Um, but hey, we're gonna do we, do we target the bigots? Yes, we do. But we target idiots? Yes, we do. Do we call my? Do I call other teams out? Yeah, even if it's my, even if even if it's my own. Of course, don't forget to check us out on uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify and Spotify for podcasters, which is but that produces the show. Also. Also, be on the lookout for other future episodes of the show in future times. So basically, Hunter Sports will always will be on most of the time because we are. Um, I'm still. I still have. I'm still recovering from a little blown vocal cords from a little incident earlier. The original intro um, is not going to be on the air anytime, but. That is going to be um, producing, but right now we're just going to produce stable podcasting. Um, also, Home Turf Radio is also, we get Home Turf Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Spot Instagram, and Twitter. And that's where we stand right now because it comes to when it comes to social media because we got on this. We are, we are a, you know, fan. We want to, I want to connect with the fans more often than not. If you like the podcast, good for you. Subscribe it. We're getting better at it every day. We're not the product. We're not a good product, but it's not, I know it's not a product for everybody. But hey, I I produce this product because I love it. 
It's my uh, it's my hobby. I love doing this. Y'all may y'all y'all listen to it because hey, it keeps me going. I don't care what I don't care who's what kind of negative comment comes my way. I continue to produce this show every single day. We'll be back. While the other guys come up with clothing lines that make you really mad at somebody or pisses off everybody, yeah. You get their feel you get the feeling, man. Their their their, their ideas suck. Their their shirts suck and yeah. They're the most bigoted human beings walking God's green earth and But if you want the pro- real product if you want the real deal that doesn't cater to the BS you need to go to LI Touch because unlike the other if those other guys ain't it they ain't it ain't they ain't lit but they ain't lit baby. I'm tr- these guys do are good at screen printing, embroidery, DTG, direct garment by the way. Final and graphic design. These guys got a lot more, got a lot of stuff doing for. They did. They even did a lot of stuff for the new Brooklyn Nets. So, with that in mind, go check them out on it on Facebook and Instagram. And hey, and ask, and ask, and look for the quality. Well, I tell us if it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's why I. That's why the Home Turf Sports Podcast is done right here. At the old at the LI Top Studios, right here in the heart of Long Island. Alright, LI Tops. If it ain't us, it ain't lit. I mean, Reggae Jimmy Buckler has struck again. Of course, yesterday's embarrassing loss to the key the AFC beating up a five seed in the series. Yeah, it's a seven game series, best of seven, but so far the Heat took home court advantage. And now, we got to get this back at the Garden on Tuesday night. But they did get a win on Tuesday, on Sunday afternoon. Of course, the Associated Press was that Jimmy Butler looked his coach in the eye and said he was staying in the game no matter how much his ankle might have hurt. Dude was risking injury on an ankle, and he still kept playing. Dude, that's really commendable. Of course, the Miami Heat needed all season to turn into the team they expected. So, no way, shape or form, Butler wanted to miss a minute of it now. He, and of course, Jimmy, but Jimmy Buckets had 25 points and 11 rebounds. And the AFC to 8 kept rolling after barely reaching the postseason. Beating the New York, beating the, the fifth seed of New York Knicks. 108 to 10 to 101, seven point, a seven point, seven point close, close, like seven points, but far out of reach as well on Sunday in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Yes, I got blessed by seven. How do you lose to that? Like, really, how? It's freaking mind blowing. Of course, let's go, let's, let, let's hear from Jimmy, from Jimmy Buckets himself. Via the Associated Press, he just uh, he said, "Quote: We're just playing great basketball. We're we're together at home on the road through the good and through the bad. We believe that we can do something special." He was doing this. He was either doing a post game interview on a court with ABC while still showing a limp after a fourth quarter ankle sprain. Dude, you're playing with a bad bum ankle. 
Why couldn't you just sit out and wait for the guy? Let, let the rest of the players do your do your job, do some of the work. More importantly, there were a lot of players, and of course, a lot of player players didn't even. Of course, some of the players didn't even play. Take a look at this. Gabe Vincent scored twenty points for the Heat, who became who became the sixth number eight seed to be the number one seed when they toppled Milwaukee in the first round. They look to continue. They look continue to look nothing like a team that was only three games above five hundred when they reached April, and needed to win a play-in game just to get the final postseason berth in the East. Of course, the Heat averaged like one hundred twenty-four points in that series behind Butler's thirty-six seven point six points per game. And but they pulled this one out the old fashioned def- with old fashioned defense and rebounding that has always worked so well before for them at this time of year. Eric Spolstra said in the, pl- in the it's the playoffs. Number one, you expect it to be tough. Two, just because the regular season didn't go the way we wanted it to go, or other people wanted it to go, doesn't mean we weren't developing grit and tough habits and good things. It wasn't just from the playing. Absolutely, I totally agree. Of course, R.J. Barrett scored 26 points, and Jalen Brunson at 25 for the fifth seed at Knicks, who are in the second round of the playoffs for the first time since 2013. Of course, they started strong and let most of the first half, but the Heat eventually got the Madison Square Garden crowd quieter and quieter as the game went on. Of course, game two is tomorrow. Of course, the Knicks were without also for Julius Randle because of a sprained left ankle. And they surely missed him when the transition points dried up and it became a half-court game. Of course, they could have used this shooting on a day. They went 7 for 34 beyond the arc, missing a chance to break open the game early and then hindering any chances of coming back. Brunson was 0 for 7 from outside and committed 5 turnovers. Point guard we needed, right? We did. And then he didn't turn out. He was a, that, that, now that was a major, that was a major disappointment. There were 5 turnovers. That's pretty much unacceptable at this point. What do you, what do you, of course, what do you say? What do you say, Jalen? He said, I was horrific, very uncharacteristic by me, and this one's on me. I've got to be better. You, yeah, damn right you got to be better. Damn right you got to be better. You find out I had five turnovers. You're flat out, you had 25, but you had 25 points. You're supposed to be the, you're supposed to be the floor general, and you're leading, and you're failing miserably with this, in the second round. What are you doing? Of course, the East must fell behind by 12 points in the second quarter, but that wasn't going to face a team that eliminated deficits of 15 and then 16 points in the last two games against Milwaukee. Of course, they gradually narrowed the deficit before halftime, looped by the Knicks with a 21-5-1 in the third quarter and pulled away to a double-digit lead in the fourth. Oh, my God. I said it before. I said it again. Tom Thibodeau is playing down to his competition. What are you guys doing? What is he fucking doing? Of course, they did it without needing the type of huge performances Butler delivered in the first round when he scored 56 and 42 points in the final two games. He did plenty of other things he needed, including staying in the game after getting hurt with five minutes and five seconds up to play, remaining on the court for a while, and then limping to the bench during a timeout before coming back out to shoot the free throws. Man, I'm like, what? Of course, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Just soon as he should have sat right there on the bench. You freaking had a bad ankle, stay out the court, stay off the court. It's like, it's like playing with a bum knee. I shouldn't know about that. Of course, most was said about this team reassured me that he wasn't going to be a liability and he wanted to stay in there and make sure we get this win. 
You sure did. Bomb that going all. Dude's got to do it. Butler gave a heat, a good sort of in a renewal of what was once a fierce rivalry, with the teams meeting four straight years from 1997 to 2000. Dicks won the last three of those, but have work to do if they're going to take this one. Getting Randall back would be a good start. He re-injured his ankle in Game 5 against Cleveland after missing the final five games of the regular season and hasn't done much since the Knicks returned to practice. He went to a workout before the game, but the Knicks ruled him out about 45 minutes before the start. He said, RJ said, at any time when you're down, especially an all-star like him, you're going to miss him when we did not. Of course, New York led 61-53 early in the third before Kevin Love, the uh, acquisition from the waiver wire, converted a three-point play to trigger a 21-5 spurt by Miami. He had it. The three-pointer during it, but his biggest contribution was his outlet with his was with his outlet passing. Of course, with New Jets QB Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Number Eight himself, Love fired three long passes for scores with Butler's basket on the last one, capping the run and giving the Heat a 74-66 lead. I'm gonna tell you, give it up, lay down who's up, it's issuing yet again. Take a look at what happened. Thibodeau had five, had five had five players play on the five players on the court five players off the bench coming in Wolf in Wolf he had he had game he started with, he started with Kevin out of Bam out of Mile Kevin Love Mark Swiss Gabe Vincent and Jimmy Butler this bench guys Kevin Lowry Cody Zeller Duncan Robinson two other guys, two other guys they they but at least they play at least they've got minutes. Minutes. We didn't see Victor Oladipo or Tyler here out there. I don't know why. You know, Sasha is on a retirement tour, so and that coming. And how about and how about Mr. Nine Man Rotation himself? He played eight players. Twenty six points for Barrett. Twenty five for Bloodson. Obi Toppy getting eighteen. Eighteen with eighteen with eight. With eight points on his eight points, eight rebounds on the docket at his first start after over, and then how do you do out of that out of that turnout? He played quickly, Grimes and Hardos Hardenstein. He didn't even play Derek Wilson. He didn't play Evan Ford. Randall's on him. Randall's hurt. What are you fuck you doing, Tom? What the fuck you doing? You playing down to your competition yet again? This is what happens. You were got not you were not not by Miami two years ago. You missed the playoffs last season, and now this. The play now in your competition again, Tom. It's hard to become like a next fan when you when you do shit like this. But Thibodeau's like Thibodeau's like oh god. This is one of the reasons why I didn't even one of the main reasons why I didn't want Thibodeau back last season back after this after last season. Dude's playing down to his competition. Great defensive cuts, but the dude's playing out of his competition too much. And this is like, um, let me put on uh, Leon, we'll tell Leon, we'll, we don't want, we don't want Tibbs back. This is the reason why, and of course, if we don't want, if we lose to Miami, I don't want Tom Thibodeau back on the floor, back on the court anymore. I don't want Tom, I don't want, pass this, this is like a pass this, the pass this, this has an aspiration day written all over it, man. Little, t- little tippets for both teams, like Kyle Lowry had 18 points, Bam out of bio, 16. Randall was originally hurt against the Heat in a victory at MSG March 29th. Early in that month, he capped the 43-point performance with a three-pointer with 1.7 seconds remaining in the one in that 122-120 win over at Miami. 
And of course, Quentin Grimes at four points off the bench after missing the final two games against Cleveland with Bruce right air shoulder. And he after the kid, of course, Tom Thibodeau kept Josh Horton starting lineup. Tom Thibodeau's playing out was competition. Tom Thibodeau's playing out, and I said that. So, and I said this. No, and I said this no matter what I say. I mean, just listen to a, a chunk of Tom Thibodeau's press conference, and you'll tell me, boy, he said, how, how the hell is he playing down to his competition? Of course, he would have. He was there. He was there. He of course. Of course, a former, of course, a former Timberwolves coach and former co-assistant with the Knicks. He sure knows how to work. Let's take a listen to this. Let's talk for this guy. No, I just went down there to like hang out and relax. Hit a couple clubs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. It probably went to like plenty of strip clubs, but dude, man, yeah, I mean, I'm on. Even, even oh, I can't take it. Even, even a tweet from Magic Johnson had a lot of, had a lot of, had a lot of respect for our guy as well. He said he, this week from uh, a couple of days ago. No, he said. Congratulations to Coach Tom Thibodeau on the New York Knicks for advancing to the next round. This is the first time we made it to the first round, second round since 2013. What a series the Knicks and the Miami Heat will be. And of course, who know? Who who the hell knows? We've been there. We've been there. We've been there. But we've been there. We have been through hell and high water against this team for against the Heat for so many tough seasons. But you know what? We suffer a lot. Game two, man. Game two. Dude. You gotta, dude, t- uh, take a chunk from Jalen Brunson. Saying, in his, in his presser with the, in the New York media, man, in, even the national, even our national media. It shows why we're, I mean, dude. Just tell you, that, that explains to me, dude, what everybody else is thinking. What's wrong with this guy? Um... They finished the third quarter strong. Finished halftime. Finished the second quarter strong. Um, the key moments in the game where you know we need to finish strong, be strong, and um, uh, that starts with me. I didn't. Today I was horrific. Um, yeah, it's very uncharacteristic by me, and um, yeah, this one's on me. And I gotta be better, and um, we'll go from there. Absolutely, it is on you. You are this team's point guard. You are the floor general. You know, five turnovers is freaking embarrassing. As a Knicks fan, I can't even stomach it. You succeed. At least he, at least he took responsibility. That's a good thing. And I'll say this: this is what I'll ask for about every player on this team. Every uh, I I I wanted to be I want hold yourselves accountable and, sh- and at least show have respond at least accept the responsibility of leading this team. After all, I grew up with this team for t- all my life, and of course, there are times when we miss the, make the playoffs. There are times when we don't. I put it when Pat Riley, Riley was coaching this team, he got brought back the grit and toughness with this team. We made it to the finals at one time, but we lost at seven to the Houston Rockets. If it wasn't for John Starks. 
not making any good shots out there. That was on him. Pat, when Pat left to work join the Heat, we're pissed. Fans were pissed. We bet Don Nelson for like a few games in there in the 95-96 season. We, he didn't even fit our style of play. He wanted to be about the Golden State style of play. The Nelly ball. That didn't work. He got kicked to the curb. We replaced it with Jeff Getting Van Gutting, and what happened? We got better. We even, we lost to the Bulls at 96. We got we got our butt handed to us by Miami. Miami in 97. And we did it better. And we did better. With Van Gundy, we had like <laughs> here. We always we we were number we were the eighth seed in '99, made it to the finals, only to lose a fight to San Antonio. I saw this. I saw that series, and it was embarrassing as a twelve, as a twelve-year-old kid, as a twelve-year-old. That sting, that stung. We put up with Pat Scott. Lady, Scott Layden came in. Scott Layden came in. He freaking demolished this team. Friggin' demolished his team. He traded Patrick Ewing. Sent Epps well packing. Dude, dude wanted us to become the New York version of the Utah Jazz. That didn't work. We wanted to, if you want, if we let Ewing go, we, at least we wanted a freaking rebuild. Scott Lane and destroyed everything. Remember this. Trade got us. That trade. That trade hurt up. That trade, Ewing trade, it's short. Helped us short term, but dude, we had, we had like, what? We had Glenn Wright, we got Glenn Rice out of this, Travis Knight, Luke Longley, Vernon Maxwell, of course, and of course, Vladimir Stepanya, and of course, everything that comes with it. Remember, in back in 2000, man, he, he dumped, I mean, remember when Scott Layden dumped Patrick Ewing for a bunch of, at, for a pack of bubble cup for a couple guys on the team? How did we turn that there? We had, we, that's traded Matt Seattle. That franchise is now in Oklahoma City, by the way. They got, hey, what have we got? We got Glenn Rice, we got Travis Knight, we got Luke Longley, we had, we got Ronnie Lazar, bro. Lazar Borrell, Borrell, Vernon Maxwell, and Vladimir Stepanya. Man, we got we had championship guys with rings and Longley and Maxwell. Glenn Weiss could be a glue guy for us if it wasn't for bad decisions. And we had bench guys at night and Stepanya. What do you got? I mean, that's how that happened. I mean, back we had a group, and of course, what are you doing? And of course. We, and then there's those guys, and then we had, if we kept, if I, I mean, let me say this, if we kept, like, Vernon Maxwell, Matt Max, at least we had some stability. But what did he do? Picks, everything, whatever, were, like, traded, we laid and traded him away. And for what? He got, he got a, a passer prime, Mark Jackson. Should have never come back to begin with. He brought us... A fellow Harry, a fellow Harry, a fellow Harry to do is like, oh God, didn't want it. We didn't want him, and then try to get the Kevin, but um, what are you fuck you doing? At least we lost, we lost, and then we lost, we lost to Vince Carter. That was the last time we made the playoffs up at that point. He didn't draft. Dude didn't know how to fucking draft. Dude's trying to, of course, he tried, of course. What he turned, yo, he turned our team, yo, he turned our with Rice left. I wasn't pissed. I wasn't mad. I wasn't pissed. I wasn't mad. 
I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't unhappy. He tried to create the New York version of Utah. We're bringing in his guys. Shannon Anderson, Howard Isley. How did that turn out? Yo, you, you, we missed the playoffs in 2002. This guy, Larry Johnson, ran Larry Johnson out of town. He was actually retired, though. He was, he went, everybody, and Kurt and Jeff Van Gunny left. What the fuck are you doing, man? 30, we were embarrassing. You didn't know what a fucking, and remember that draft? We were the seventh pick. We could have gotten Amari Stoudemire or Karan Butler. We got Nene, Nene. Dude is pretty good, but what'd he do? He traded it to Denver for it. If we're broken down, Antonio McDyess, two just in, like, and fast, like, fire laden. Dude, you were fired. And that's what he got. He deserved it. He got fired in 2003 anyway. We put up with Isaiah. We put up with Isaiah Thomas. We put up with Isaiah Thomas. Got us in 2004. Got us in 2004. But we got beat up by the um, New Jersey Nets. And then we missed the playoffs. Every damn year under Isaiah Thomas. It was the, it was the same under Mike D'Antoni, too. Until we ran in 2011. With the... With, and, but Mars Dymeyer passes by, bad knees and all. We had it there. And then we had it... Then when Dan, Mike left, we had Mike Woodson in there. We made it... We made it... We meant to the playoffs again. lose again. Only to lose again. And then we end up losing. And then we end up... Return, and then we made it to the... um. 2013, Atlantic Division Champions. First round, made first round. Second round, beaten up by Indiana. Man, it was like this. And, and then we and then we put up with Phil Jackson and his vision of vision and uh, how did that turn out? 2014, we missed the playoffs. 2015, missed the playoffs again. 2016, missed the playoffs again. 2017, missed the playoffs again. After the 27th season. Carmelo Anthony was traded, was dealt to an instant tour, and it's Hannah and everybody. And for a few pieces of bubblegum, missed the playoffs again. 2019, missed the playoffs again. We told Ennis Cantor to fuck off because he can't defend the pick and roll. Well, there. 2020, we missed the playoffs again. And what happened? In comes Leon Rose to save the day. He brought in Tom Thibodeau. He kept he bought in he he wanted a new, the new vision of the organization. And wow, we went for and we went for all that. Twenty twenty one, we made the playoffs for the first time since twenty thirteen only to lose. First round. We were playing twenty we were playing got team anyway. Twenty last season we missed the playoffs. And now here we are. We're in the second round for the first time since twenty thirteen, only to be beaten up by Miami. I think Mike said it what Spike said it twenty two thousand and three said it better. We've got the highest payroll in the league, the highest price tickets in the world, and New York City fans are stupid. They're not going for okie doke. They're not going to be horsewoggled or bamboozled. So you so you got to put a plan in place. This is what this team organization is doing right now. And how did that turn out? It failed under Scott Lay. It failed under Scott Lay. We failed under Scott Layden. We failed under Isaiah Thomas. Donnie Walsh fought his best. At least we made it to the playoffs in, in his, during his tenure with the Knicks. We had Glenn Gwenwald. A couple seasons in there. And then we got, fi- got, fi- we got fired. We got fired. Phil Jackson came in. 
trying to this team to become a triangle offense team. How did that work out, Phil? Mediocrity. And in comes Scott Perry to become our GM. He did a hell of a deal. But we didn't have scoring. It lacked scoring. That was terrible. We, of course, this was terrible. In can and then here comes and then comes President Scott, and then comes incoming President Leon Rose. And William Wesley, Worldwide West, trying to rebuild the Knicks into something other than it, other than that, other than what we were. And I won't say, and I won't say much. I will not say much. But this is when this is when I said, this organization made me question this team. They make me question this team so damn much. That I can't even root for. But there are times when I there are times when I question them. I mean, the Dolan, no free the we can't get trapped free agents. But until Leon Rose was the architect, could be the architect. If if Tim Dolan didn't even step inside the front office and make decisions that infect, that could infect us with Blake. The idea of failure when they tried to pair Marbury with Francis. There was like two and then that failed. And then traded you they traded we traded you in Man. I mean oh I mean who the hell does that? We lost we been cursed. I hate I hated Scott I hated Scott Layden. And I wish Patrick Ewing retired as a Nick, but that's okay. They saved a lot of money, but we, but I felt we were made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but we got beat up by Indiana. I hated Scott. I hated Scott Layden for trading for not letting Ewing retire as a Nick. Traded him for Rice and Longley and a pack of bullshit and bubblegum. I hated Scott Layden when he traded the seventh pick when he could. Build around a future. What if we could have gotten Amari Stoudemire? Two was a fucking failure for me. It was fucking failure every year. Isaiah Thomas, I gotta give him credit. He got us one good season with Lenny Wilkins as our coach, and then this destruction under him. The 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 the, the workplace the workplaces harassment situation. That cut that that cost us a lot of good free agents coming here because of that reputation. And here we are in this season. We could have. I wish Patrick Ewing could have won the title with the Knicks. I wished, but you can't make can't make can't be can't be all that bad. You went out on it was a Hall of Fame career. You done a great job for us, but we done worse. We could have done worse with him. We could have done worse without him. And now we've done that. We need to. We've done. We've rebuilt. Rebuild after rebuild. Failure after failure. Mediocrity after mediocrity. How did that turn out? At least we made it to the second round this year. We've been able to do this since 2013. People will say, you come. They're not a Knicks fan for saying all these things. Well, I grew up one. And I had a right to crucify the scene if I had seen it. I said, yeah, when Mike, I said Mike Kibito's playing out of his competition, 
And he really does that. And when I say, oh, Dan, he's not getting, getting the most out of his bench. Oh, yeah. I remember the same thing with Rick Adelman, with the Blazers. Dude ain't utilize, dude ain't utilize, dude never utilized his bench. He could have used a five. Used like a five-man first team, and then a five-player second team. You could have, you could have won in 1990. You could have won in 92. But no, Rick Adelman was a Rick Adelman failed miserably. Remember the 2002 King? Oh my god, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about that. That's another story for another time. Meanwhile, the Warriors like, beat the Kings in four. 50, point, 50 points from Stephen Curry, man. That, that is impressive. That tells you right then and there that, the, that this team has a, lot, has a lot to ride on. They are the defending champs. They want to win another title. They want to win another banner for Steve Kerr. All that money, all that money would be would go to waste. Would go to waste. All that money, and of course, this team, of course, this Warriors team. Of course, I can I gotta, I gotta give credit to Mike Brown. He got the Kings back to respectability, even if it was a one series beating. But the dude got a Pacific Cup, Pacific Division title, and of course, you got yourself. And of course, you don't have to be. You don't have to be better than that. Steve Kerr just. See, of course, if you're playing out of your competition, you're failing miserably. You're failing miserably. That's all I say. But good job of the Kings all around. I'm not gonna say it's a tough sit, but you're up against a good, experienced Kings team with Draymond Green being a Draymond Green being a Draymond Doofus, and of course Draymond Green doing it's like he's going Bo Dallas like yeah and stuff like that. But that's all you can say about that. Meanwhile, meanwhile the two, two games coming up tonight. The uh, the Celtics Celtics will be. Hosting this, the old, the Philadelphia 76ers. That's it. That's tonight. Then later on, the Nuggets will take on the uh, play host to the Suns. I mean, they got it. Of course, the we start this this, this seven games. This big series. This big series first open air series with the with these two classic rivals of the Eastern Conference, the classic divisional classic divisional rivals. Who would forget Dr. J versus Bird? Um, Barkley, uh, Charles Barkley, and others, Barkley, and um, arguably, Allen Iverson. Even, even, we, even the Celtics at the time had big A players like Bird, Mikhail Parrish, and then later on in 20, yeah, um, Pierce, Garnett, and Allen. Meanwhile, that's, that's, that's tonight. The Sun, meanwhile, the Suns will play tonight. We lead the series at one, by the way. Um, against the Phoenix Suns, they gotta see. I gotta see more out of uh, KD because the Suns, my Nuggets are a great team. They could one more. Last, I'll give. Um, I'll give the, this Nuggets team a great chance. They got a good. They're a good team. Very resilient. But at the end of the day, we'll see how that pans out. Remember, two more games. Two more games until like I said tomorrow. Um, um, Knicks gotta do better against Miami. And the Warriors will open the um, series against LA. So Dallas are pretty damn interesting. So we'll see how that pans out. But in the meantime, we'll be right back with War Home Tour Sports right here on the Home Tour Radio Network. As always, and of course, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to check us out on Google Podcasts and Spotify and our Spotify for Podcasters. And we'll be back right after this. So don't go anywhere. Ugh. <sighs>
I know, I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that. Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the of Mac t-shirts, Long Island Toss t-shirts, Island Tribe t-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best butt shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check them out down on down on Route 110 and 10 at, next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's that's minutes from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long you got Rucker Harlem has Rucker Lincoln Queens got Lincoln, but Long, but Long Island has the Mac. Oh boy, do I really, really hate talking about this. Oh, face palms everywhere, face palms across the board. Hey, what a go, Bruce! Oh, I bet you're gonna suck to the playoffs. How could you lose to this team? This tweet really springs it. You're in a tree one on Twitter. Like, Congratulations, Boston Bruins. You have become the ultimate meme. You have lost to the Florida Panthers when you had the Series 1. How could you do this to Patrice Bergeron? How? How, you asked? Congrat- I congrat- I said- And I said it better. The Bruins have become the biggest slow cow in sports right now because- the President's Trophy don't mean Jack. They could have won the Series 1 if not for piss poor play. Congratulations indeed. Getting out of Lucity. Florida Panthers. And 7. Oh my god. Drink up a beer. The Boston Bruins are done. According to the Associated Press. With a long offseason to think about their failure. To capitalize on the greatest regular season in NHL history. The Florida Panthers are moving on. Thrown right into their second round series against the Toronto Maple Leafs beginning on Tuesday night. Of course, what did Alexander Barkov said after that? To that floor, after, the, after this, he said, Game 7, overtime win against pretty much the best team in regular season history. It's unreal. For sure, it's up there, and it's hard to understand right now, but I don't think we need to understand right now. We'll understand later. Yeah, really. Oh, man, let's just say this. Brandon Montour tied it with a minute left in, organ- in regulation, and Carter Verhage, Jay, hey, hey, scored the game winner at, mm, at 8.35 of overtime. The Panthers won three straight after falling behind 3-1 in the best-of-seven series. Yeah, Boston, the President's Trophy winners at NHL records of 65 wins and 135 points, had not, not lost three in a row season. <sighs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Matt Kachuk, the biggest acquisition in Florida Panthers in recent history, said the fact that we were able to do what they, we did after what they did all year. They're an unreal team and the best I've played in my NHL career. The fact that we were able to beat them was crazy. Let's be honest. Nobody in the whole world thought we were going to win that series except for the guys in that room. 
Players had their players had their players had their belief. And here what do we get? <laughs> Cam Neely's an idiot. Cam Neely is a friggin' idiot. Sergei Bobrovsky made thirty three saves for Florida, which advanced to the postseason for just the second time since reaching a sound like a final in nineteen ninety six. Uh, and of course, they will face Toronto, which finished off the Tampa Bay Lightning on um with Lightning with on six Saturday six games. They broke that curse finally. Of course, Paul Marie said, "I don't think you can find a harder team to play against the Boston Bruins. They will test you." The, the, the players at here now have shared experience of what hard is. It. Will make us better for five years. That's how hard it was. Man, he's got improved the four and out. Dude proved the four and out in game sevens in his career. Where'd it go, Paul? People now people may if people would make a ex work like Paul Maurice had a big tenure with Winnipeg more. Obsolete, man. Everybody up front with you. I mean, what do you do, Paul? He was, of course, he did a pretty good, good job. I mean, I'll be blunt with that theory. Remember when, um, of course, that's a great one for him. 40, he put the 4 now. Boston railed. Font rallied from a two-goal deficit to take a 3-2 lead, but Maurice pulled Bobrovsky in the final minutes and called timeout with 88 seconds left to give his players a breather. Montour tied it with his second of the game. Of course, Maurice, who was on a Winnipeg bench when the Jets eliminated President Trophy winning Nashville in the second round in 2018, admitted his confidence was waning. Yeah, we all knew how that turned out. Of course, we were down a goal with under two minutes to go against Boston. I wouldn't bet anything because the match doesn't add up. But when that goal goes in, you go, oh, we're going to win this game. Verhaeg, Hagee. Right under the wrist shot from the white face-off circle that just made it under the crossbar. Of course, the, that eliminated the Bruins, who became the second President's Trophy winner in five years to lose in the first round. No team with a bat team with a best winger of the season has won the Stanley Cup since 2013. That was when the Chicago Blackhawks beat Boston in the final. Yeah, but that's pretty much the greatest core of it. But. Jim Montgomery took over Boston this year after Bruce Cassie was fired. Bruce Cassie is now taking on a great dojic job in Vegas. Boy, what did she, how did that work? It was an honor to coach that group. Of course, I didn't know. I didn't. I knew we didn't. I know we didn't get to where we wanted. I get that, but the professionalism, the work ethic, their commitment to being pros, it was a joy to be around. Of course, Montour scored. Flores' first goal, Sam Reinhardt made it 2-0, nothing early in the second period. But David Crazy, Tyler Batuzzi scored the tie. David Pasternak, the pasta man, gave it the Bruins their only lead of the game in a power play. With 55 seconds left to the third. Of course, Jeremy Swayman making his first start of the series as a sub for the likely Vessel Trophy winner, Linus Olmark. Stop 27 shots. I mean, the gang could have been the last for Bruins captain, Patrice Bergeron, who teased retirement last year, but opted to return. He was the last Boston player on the ice 
leaving after a stick wave to the crowd and one last hug with Brad Marchand. Of course, Bergeron said after the game he will take some time to consider his future. Five times Selkie winner, Selkie Oh, so Trophy also missed the first five games with the series and played the last two with an earning of this. He said, Jim, like, I learned, learned a lot from him this year. Hopefully, learn more from him next year if he's at, if he still plays. Man, I will say this. The question is now how this feels like your system, you know, is this window closed? I don't know. That's questionable. But in the meantime, that's asking for so much. When you are arguably the best team and arguably when you're the best team in the NHL this season, you're bound you're bound to bound bound to fail. You're bound to like lose you're gonna be sometime lose there. But what are you doing? I mean, how many but that's pretty much the same thought. But in the meantime, Panthers Panthers are just limiting tech limiting tickets to USA USA residents only. I mean, well, to avoid a you guessed it a Toronto takeover. You know, after all, you know what? After all, we saw this in the NFL when the Chargers Stadium was overrun by Chiefs fans. And Broncos fans, um, and Steel, and of course, Titan Oilers, Houston, Tennessee Titans, when they were in Memphis as the Tennessee Oilers. That state, that game, the final game of the season was overrun by Steelers fans. They just want, they all will, they're not gonna give those guys home court, home field advantage. They just want to, that, of course, they become, they become more sillier than ever. Up front, Panthers. Up front, let's just like get in there. CBS Sports really let it. There's a little bit of story and attempt to keep Toronto Maple Leafs fans from taking over their FLA Live Arena during their um upcoming second round playoff series. The Panthers are restricting ticket sales for home games to U.S. residents only. Oh my goodness! Of course, and the message on the ticket master, master and pages purchases for Panthers home games. Florida, Florida Live Arena is located in Sunrise, Florida. Sales to this event will be restricted to residents of the United States. Residents, residency will be will be fixed on credit card billing address. Orders by residents outside of the United States will be canceled without notice and refunds given. Oh man, I boy, I wonder how will that work out. Of course, with those living in Canada, won't be able to buy tickets directly for Ticketmaster. Resale tickets are, of course, available to purchase for everyone, just at a much higher price through third-party websites. Well, the Panthers did not make an official statement explaining the reasons for limiting ticket sales. There are seven NHL teams based in Canada that played throughout the regular season without issues. The Vegas Golden Knights have taken on the Edmonton Oilers in our second-round series. But I've not put any restrictions on ticket sales. Good job, good job, but like good job by the Golden Knights for doing so. Of course, Maple Leaf fans are known for hitting the road well to support their team, and they do have extra motivation right now as Leafs are competing in the second round for the postseason of the postseason for the first time since 2004. Remember that? Of course, the other angle here is that Panthers fans aren't great at showing up at Florida Live Arena. 
The Panthers, of course, according to Hockey Deep Database, of course, the Panthers had the seventh lowest average attendance in the NHL during the regular season. Meanwhile, the Leafs had the fifth best. Florida residents also have the fair share of sports action to check out this month. Florida Live is less than an hour away from Kaseya Center. This is where the Miami Heat play. I Google it, of course, formerly known as the American Serena and formerly known as the FTX Serena. God damn it. And later on, but that's pretty much I would have loved it if they kept it at Miami Arena as a nod to their former home. Of course, of course, they are currently in the conference semifinals. They're placing the Knicks. Game two is tomorrow at the Garden. And of course, the Leafs won the first First round series against Tampa Bay, four, Lightning 4-2. Four They'll be hosting game 1-2, second round series at Scotiabank. The Panthers, who took down the Boston Bruins, will host games 3, 4, and 6 if necessary. I'm betting it's, it's going to be a great series on the last because that right there shows you right there. All, number one, Dan Shulman went on about it. It said, it says, A, week B won't work, but A. Preventing hockey fans from watching, and this tweet really, there are a lot of tweets about this. Preventing fans from watching a game and barring them from wearing an opposing team's jersey is absurd. Maybe if they had a strong fan base, they wouldn't have to rig it to look like they have more support than they do. Totally ridiculous. I agree with that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, up front. They're not bad. If you go to, I'm like, there are far better options over there, but that's pretty much weak. What is the Panthers scared of competition? Are fair scared of competition? I mean, Vegas isn't doing none of that shit. And of course, a lot of tweets said, we support this bullshit. Oh, they're going to support this bullshit. And they've done it again. And they're going to do it more often than not. I said, Panthers season ticket holders, please do not sell your tickets on any resale site. If you're going to sell them, sell them to a Panthers fan. I'll offer them there. Offer them, offer them here. We need the arena to be a sea of red, not Toronto blue. Sunrise does not have to be Toronto South. Like, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're done. Like, so, scalping tickets is a scalping tickets can be a friggin' grind, man. I'm like, wow. I mean, you got a fan. You got no. This is why hockey's like a failure. There, nobody goes to their games there. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not hearing down there. Not a, another tweet says, do not sell your tickets to Leafs fans at Sunrise. It's likely cheaper for Leafs fans to book a flight and buy a ticket to Florida than it is than it is to go to a game in Toronto. If you're selling Florida Panthers tickets, sell it to a Cats fan. I'm not, I'm not going, to, I'm not going, I'm not going to those games either because that team... Embar- of course, there will be a blue, and of course, uh, blue, and of course, let's just say this. Classless. It's classless. Game, games one, two, five, and of course, seven will be in, will be in Toronto. And everybody in there. Where to go? Where to go, Panthers, you friggin'. I mean, yeah, no, Shay Kennedy's not welcome to Panthers on games. You guys are really, you really are that stupid. Congrats. I hope you guys choke at the play. I hope you guys suffer and embarrass and everything. You, you want, if you want to prevent least fans from invading the arena, you're going to be, you're going to be having a terrible time in, the, in Toronto because you guys have trouble there. And then try to get them to get more fans of Sunrise even if they're winning. That's the problem. You guys are really are embarrassing.
I like to see how that turns out. I see. I don't know if it's any good, but at the same time, like I'm like, okay. So let's. I like to do that. I like to do that show. I like to be a die. I'm like. I like to say this a lot. But as a New York, but let's just say this. Aki sees it. We're almost there. We're almost to that series. We're almost through with that series. The um, scorebook that score, we got that date. We got game seven coming up tonight today. I'm gonna put that in my bar, my sport, my personal sports bar downstairs. So I'm looking forward to see it. Of course, that's gonna be in Jersey. I Ranger fans are gonna be there. Are a lot of Ranger fans on Long Island, especially my teachers are long Ranger fan. But then again. They're the only New York, they're two of the New York area teams still in there. That's saying lightly. That's what you expect, and this is what you expect, and this is what you expect from fans. Do not, this is why, I don't think, I don't think that as a fan, as a fan, you're going to be saying, oh, we're going to go, let's go, uh, hey, want to go to the Rock to watch the Rangers play? Oh, I, most definitely, I would have loved it. I would have loved it. Meanwhile, I will be blunt, I will be blunt. I would like to recap this another game. I mean, the defending Stanley Cup champs got beat out by second-year expansion team. And, man, with no expect... I mean, I will be blunt. I will be blunt, man. This is embarrassing for this team. I'm like, here's a... You treat really? Treat it a... Been of it. <laughs> he got mad. He's like losing it. And he went up there and says, It's hard to even fathom the outcome. The Avalanche lost their old goal, lost their old goalie. The same old going goalie that couldn't make a save for his life in the regular season. I guess a year or two expansion team with no expectations. The Seattle Kraken looked like the better team. What the fuck? He's you got at least you got three to five years to get to a postseason. But this a second year team on a Dave Axel? And I'm like How can this team lose to a second year expansion team? It's a shock. My God! Of course, the AP says the Seattle Kraken converged from all points on the ice to the same spot. Philippe Grubauer's net. Of course, a fitting gathering to place the Saturday place to celebrate another first for this young franchise. Grubauer was stellar in stopping 33 shots. Olivia Bortstrand scored twice, and the Kraken eliminated the defending. Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche with a 2-1 win in Game 7 on Sunday night. Game 7, you got beat up. Of course, it's another Game 7 tonight, but impressive. Really impressive. Group hours stellar in 733 shots. Of course, that's a good That's great. I'm like, Group Hour. Stop right there. Group Hour. Stop right there. Group Hour. Get that out of here. He only let one good softie in there, and that's from Nate McKinnon, and that is from, well, buckle, buckle up. It's from Mark Ratten. It's from Mark Ratten. It's from from the right winger, uh, Miko Ratten. Oh boy, that really, really, really was really was something. 
Of course, the Kraken became the first expansion team to beat the reigning defending Stanley Cup champs in their inaugural playoff series. That's according to the NHL stats. Pretty damn impressive. A second year expansion, second year expansion team who was shit last who was shit last season suddenly became good. And of course, what Donnie Gord said it's a great accomplishment. Our fans have been amazing. They deserve this. Yeah, you yeah, second team expansion. You're the thirty second team. You've done a good job for this. That's a good thing. Four strands scored one goal on a foot for deflection. A puck hit off the uh, stick of glove. And then another with a liner past goaltender Alexander Gorgia, the former New York Ranger the former New York Ranger, that climbed off the post. Seattle grabbed the lead in every game in the series. Of course, next up for the second year Kraken is the second round series against the Stars and Overdubs in Dallas. On Tuesday night, Seattle was 1-1-1 one, one, and one against Dallas in the regular season. Of course, the Kraken take a heap of momentum with them, too. Of course, Dave Haxall said, it, give, it gives them that check mark of, check mark of success. It's good at a great one. Mikko Rathenum was credited with a power play goal for Colorado after a shot by Nate McKinnon clipped him and went in. McKinnon appeared to score early in the third period to tie it at two, but Seattle challenged the play and the goal was disallowed. Due to Colorado being offside. Of course, Seattle's video crew was turning an MVP caliber performance all series. Way to go, boys. Of course, the Avalanche pulled Gorgiev under two minutes remaining, but couldn't get Pat get the equalizer. It allowed the Kraken to accomplish another franchise first. A series glitching celebration. Get the beer, boys. Get some beer, boys. You deserve it. Grubauer. Said after that, lots more to come for our group. That was only series one. Yep, one get one. It take of course, Colorado has now lost its last six game sevens. The last time they look Avalanche won a winner take all game seven was two thousand two when they beat San Jose one nothing. Courtesy of a goal from Hall of Fame forward Peter Forsberg. Who would forget those great Avalanche teams? Of course, of course, both those teams lost players due to seri- for the series due to hard hits. Like Jared McCann had to play again after taking a hard hit from Cal McCarr along the boards in Game Four, which drew a one-game suspension for the call for the Avalanche defense. He was missing. He was missing in Game Five. Colorado was out without Andrew Cogliano for Game Seven when he fractured suffered a fracture his neck following a hit along the boards from Kraken forward toward Emily, who then faced the supplemental discipline. George Perils. At work, folks. Of course, McKinnon energized the crowd with what looked like a tying goal, but it was taken off the board following a challenge as Ori, or Tori Lekkonen was ruled into his zone before the bucket. It's the second time in the series a Kraken have used a challenge to negate an avalanche score. While, of course, Axel was a freaking genius with that one. Yeah, well, the Kraken has deflated the capacity crowd of doing by doing what they've done. In every series, this game is series. Score first. Jared Bettner said it is there. This is a really good hockey team. The only thing they, they were that we weren't in the series was consistent. Damn right. Four, well, hell without a goal all series coming in. Borkstrand was credited with a goal in the second period. They glanced the stick of Alex Newhook. And then off the glove of Ben Myers into, a, into the goal. Borkstrand scored again nearly four minutes later. On a breakaway to make down the slide to make it two nothing. Borkstrand, I nearly had a hat trick, but a shot late in the game. It's both. He said, "I didn't want to go out and not be able to sleep at night because I didn't perform well. Some some nights you just 
kind of feel like the puck better, feel the puck better, and I feel like this is just one of those nights. Well, of course, 27.3 seconds left in the second. McKinnon lined a shot that glanced off Ratnan and went in by Grubauer. Went by Grubauer. McKinnon insists on a play with his 100th career playoff point. He joins the company at Joe Sackick, 188, and Forsberg, 159, as the only Avalanche players to reach the 100-point milestone in the postseason. Georgiev, Georgiev had 25 saves. Of course, Grubauer was sensational in the first period against his former team. He stopped 16 shots to set the tone for the evening. Of course, the band-up avalanche was mystic force like Darren Helm, Cogliano, and Valerie Nishiskin. Herschel Reese's, by the way, too. Along with defenseman Josh Mance. David, without Captain Gabriel Lattiscog all season after he went under, underwent knee surgery in October. Nate McKinnon after the end said, tough year overall. Tough year overall, but obviously during the season we're going to say all of the right things, but it's hard missing the, the, the guys. We played a really great game, but couldn't find a bag on that. Just one. Crack of that card 22 on Sunday. He, caught, he, he got himself a birthday present. A crack and win. That's what you can do. That's all you can do. Of course, Colorado finished 2 for 18 on the power play in the series. What are you? And this is why you guys really suck at this. I can't really say much, but hey, you guys really choked in this series. Literally. Another game seven tonight at a potential center. The Devils and Island Rangers will play um, in a another in a classic assault. This, I mean, I can you can ask guys remember '94 when they were in that when they were like in Game Seven, but hey. We beat 92. We beat them in the first round. 4-3. Second, 94. We beat them again in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then we beat the Devils 4-1. And we beat the Devils 4-1. And then, of course, the Devils got by us in 2006 because they were pretty damn good. But they're still pretty damn good. And we beat, and we beat them in 2008. 2012, they beat us in the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember that 4-2 series? Because, hey, Remember, that t- and that's just when they lost to the Los Angeles Kings in 2012. I mean, that hurt. That hurt us. That hurt us. Real big. That hurt us big time. That and of course for that hurt the Rangers big time. I was. A, I'm not. My teacher was a Rangers fan. She'd watch the Devils. She watched the Rangers embarrass the Devils on occasions. We beat them. We beat. There were there were several times. This same one of um, they went. And they were, um, they were, they were down. The Rangers were like played like four to run like seven guesses of a series twice in their in their classic rivalry, the Hudson River rivalry, and they beat them twice. And, and they beat them twice. The classic. We remember that we beat them in the first round. We beat, um, I think when we look back at um when we look back at that first round season in '92. Um, it had to do with Roger Nielsen's coaching. He did a good deal with us. But his 93 performance, oh God, it was embarrassing for Rachel fans. It was replaced by, um, Lars Place. In came Mike Keenan. That was a classic. We had um, Stefan Matteau with that game-winning, game-winning, game seven overtime win. Double overtime win. It beat and beat the Devils. That was memorable. That was memorable. Remember that? Remember when? Remember game six? 
when and at that ninety four series, Mark Messier's guarantee, guarantee, build that team around, build that team around, rally that team around, and bam, that was a great and that was a great season for us. We were that was a great season for us. Blue Shirts play tonight, and that should be a good classic as well. Can't wait to see how that plays out and how that works together. Game seven. Well, we'll see how game. We'll see how game set. We'll see how game seven. See how game seven will do. Um, but at the end of the day, we got a lot of good deal. I mean, good deal with that. But at the end of the day, hey, we gonna. I get, I get it. I get it. This is one of, but for me, I don't want to talk about the organization, organizational institution. But at the end of the day, I'll be saying, I'll say this. You guys are really. I will be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers come off and win this win. I mean, up front, I will be. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stories going around. A lot of stories going around. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of great. But of course, I'm not a fan of the Rangers. I'm a New York, but I'm a New York guy. Gonna see how that play, how they play, how they good, how do, how good they play. But at the end of the day, it's all about it's all about being a fan of the span and see how they and see how they play and see how that works out. But I will, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll be talking more about this, but. I'll be talking, I'll be talking, I'll be talking, I'll be talking about plenty of other sports in the coming future, but in a minute, it's coming up, little, my final, my final thoughts in a minute, my final thoughts in a minute, but at the end of the day, it's going to be exciting, so we're playing to see how playoff hockey and playoff basketball coming, coming together in this season, but. That's how I, that's how I, that's how you get, the, that's how you feel, that's all I'm excited about. We're more, more, we're going to wrap this up in a minute. Home Tour Sports will be right back after this, after this. Feel free to check us out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course our home base at, the, at Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle Home Tour Radio. Um, mind you, we'll be right back, like I said, we'll be right back. Wrap this up right after this. So don't go anywhere. This is Home Turf Sports right here on the Home Turf Radio Network. Right here on Spotify for Podcasters. Now you can listen to Home Turf Sports on your on Google Podcasts. Check us out every weekday on our check out the link in our description to check out our new home for home, just in case you don't even have Spotify nor Anchor. The Home Turn Sports Podcast every day on Anchor, Spotify, and now Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check us out today. Yo, before I continue the show, end the show, I want to like make it very quick, brief bit. But here's the thing about here's the stunt, little stunt, little conversation between two idiots. That I hold highly responsible for bad mouthing sports, and they're pretty much bad for sports talk. Ryan Kendall and John Matrix, 
in there, take a he'll take a listen and see why, and you can tell, and I'll give you my take on the subject right after this. It's kind of short anyway, so let's take a listen. And it's from a couple of crybabies. Some of the biggest news that did come out of the draft was the black quarterbacks that were taken, because the media had to make it uh, focused on identity politics. They had to make this the story, and so you know what did we see? You get three quarterbacks taken within the first four picks. Three of them were black, and then you even have some of the media happy about the fact that while three black quarterbacks are taken in the first round, the white quarterback had to sit there in the green room. This is an actual fucking article from Deadspin. Black quarterbacks make NFL draft history while white QB sits in the green room. What happened to Kentucky quarterback Will Levis wasn't funny, but for African Americans, it was impossible to ignore the irony. For decades, this league, the NFL, and this game have dehumanized, even blackballed black quarterbacks. And on the day which four, don't forget about Lamar Jackson either, one of them made history, it was the white one who was stuck on the other side of the coin for once. John, how much longer, how much longer can we have this fake bullshit out there about black quarterbacks being treated disrespectfully? Like, the top five quarterbacks right now, the top paid quarterbacks in the league, are fucking black. You have three quarterbacks that are taking the top four that are black. What are we talking about? In NFL history. See, the thing is, man, when when there really is no racism, the media is going to go and make it up. I mean, the white quarterback forced to go to the second round. Okay, so what? I don't care about his skin color. The teams obviously thought that the other quarterbacks were just better and it had nothing to do with the race. Nothing to do with race. I mean, th- th- this is crazy right here, but I'm not surprised that um, a garbage tier website like Deadspin uh, did something like this. I mean, Shannon Sharp also was out there and he was um, talking about what, what did he say? I don't remember exactly what he said. But he was like, yeah, it's nice to see that um, black quarterbacks being recognized or something like that now. I'm like, because that's when um, I believe, um, not Deshaun Watson, but Lamar Jackson got his money or something like that. Probably. I mean, it, it, was, some, it was something ridiculous. Like, look, look at these contracts. Look, look at Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurst, Lamar Jackson. You're looking at some of the top eight quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And and the woke sports media is out there somehow pretending like black quarterbacks should still be victimized. Like, Like we should feel bad for them. They're not getting recognition. What the fuck are you talking about? It it could literally not be further from the truth. And like Will Levis dropped in the second round. Okay. That people didn't think he deserved to get drafted. That's what happens. I'd say the same thing if a black quarterback fell that far. We've seen quarterbacks fall before. We've seen white quarterbacks fall before. Look at what Aaron Rodgers did on draft day. That like everybody remembers that. Tom Brady picked 199. Stop pretending. Yeah. That this shit is just happening to black quarterbacks. You you want so badly to be the victims. It's pathetic. And, like, this just makes people angry when they see stuff like this and continue to not take the sports media seriously, to not take the mainstream seriously. I, I could be wrong, but in 2001, wasn't Michael Vick the number one overall pick? Um, I mean, I think so. I, think I don't know exactly was. the year, but, yeah. Man, like, this is something brand new. Yeah, it is nuts. 
And I do think it's going to be interesting for all three of those guys. They're all very different, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and, and Richardson. And I, I don't know who's going to be the most successful. I don't know who's in the best fit. And there's a lot of great discussion to be had about it, especially with the Colts, you know, drafting Richardson up there. You know, what's that going to look like on that team? Um, he's a freak athlete. Uh, that dude's, like, more athletic than Cam Newton, certainly. Uh, and it's going to be interesting, but the idea that the media wanted to paint this picture is, is why so many people are walking away from them. I mean, it's like, and it's like people in terms of you guys. People are buying into your bullshit, and, and yeah, nobody likes you guys. Geeks and gamers are terrible. John, you, and, and John Matrix is no better. He's the biggest sellout in the room. But hey, there are people who crucify people who crucify these guys no matter what. But hey, at the end of the day, we're the brand of sports talk, and we continue to be that brand no matter what. Has Hope Tour Sports failed in that mission to be the voice for the sports fan? Well, maybe so, but I'm proud of doing what I do every day. No bullshit, no bullshit, just straight up honesty. John, I mean, both guys served in the military. I know Ryan Kittle, Ryan Kittle was a 11 year veteran of the Navy, dude, but he woke up, chose, decided he left, but he left, he went out, woke up, chose violence, went on this, this uh, white man crusade, on a, this culture war bullshit, and anti anti black racism he's pulling out. I mean, dude, you're Billy, visibly, you have less subscribers than a ginger. I say that with every fiber of my human being. You guys have less subscribers than a ginger. I'm proud of doing radio. I'm proud of doing radio. I want to do whole. I want to do whole radio. I want to be. I want to be a part of this. And now here I am doing sports radio, doing positive talk. That doesn't debate a black athlete. Doesn't debate about. Doesn't debate about anybody. Debate anybody. Do I Do I crucify my? Do I crucify a sports team? Name at least yes. In terms of playing down to their competition, but when it comes right down to it, do I demean a human being person? No, that makes me a terrible human being. And I'm proud of doing what I'm doing. Hunter Sports has been either. I if I have to demean guys who are demeaning human beings. That makes me a bit. That makes me a say. You know what? I'm calling you guys out for it. I'm proud of doing what I'm doing, and that's what I'm gonna do. But in the meantime, in between time, thanks for listening. Remember, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Home Turf Radio. Check us out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify for podcasters. That's where we produce our shows. In the meantime, I'm Matt Wally. I'm telling you, stay safe, stay healthy, be a good human being. Late, cher- late Cherry Sprinkle. What said? Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. So long, everybody.